0: Getting to the bottom of your health issues. Why colonoscopies are so important.
1: Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest. This week we will be discussing colon health, colon cancer, and in the end... We will be talking about colonoscopies this week on Access Health Radio.
0: I think this is going to be a fun half hour with Dr. Brian Forrest, board certified family physician from Apex. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us today. And we'd like to take a moment right off the top to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio.
1: Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at Marley Drug, that's M-A-R-L-E-Y drug.com. We'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring the tip of the week. You can check them out at WeCarePharmacyApex.com. And the folks there, uh, they're a local pharmacy and sometimes we'll have them on the show to answer some questions and things too. Uh, And so we'd also like to thank Wake Family Eye Care, uh, who sponsor our show. And uh, Dr. Badwan from Wake Family Eye Care has been on the show before, Uh, but you can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com.
0: So Dr. Forrest, I understand today you're speaking from a place of experience since you just had a colonoscopy yourself and you want to share with our listeners about that
1: that's right you know i've i've counseled patients for years that they should do a colonoscopy for screening at least every 10 years starting at age 45 uh, to prevent colon cancer but personally i have to be honest i was not looking forward to the day i had my first colonoscopy (laughs) uh you know but uh, in the end it really was not so bad (laughs) i uh, i actually had (laughs) thought twice myself about rescheduling because You know, I even personally dreaded the thoughts of it, even though I knew I needed to do it. Um, But I have to say, um, given the modern way they're doing things, uh, you know, it really was not a big deal. The the prep the night before and the actual procedure was much easier than expected. And I really wanted to share some of the recent updates that have been done to the procedure to make it a more comfortable uh, and a better screening test
0: so uh, so this was actually sort of a not only a, a healthy thing for you to do and to an informative thing, but uh, you you learned something about some of the uh, new techniques and uh, modern practices associated with this,
1: yeah, that's right i you know I was really concerned uh, people t- always talked about the preparation the night before sort of being the worst part and Uh, People said they didn't like to drink those large amounts of laxative solution, Uh, but it really wasn't that bad. You know, instead of drinking the large volumes that people used to do, there's now a tablet option where all you have to do is take a handful of tablets. uh, You wash that down with a glass of water Mm -hmm. and then you repeat that the next morning. And the benefits of that means, you know, there's no bad taste. People were always complaining about the taste of that solution Um, and it also since you don't have to drink that like gallon jug of this solution. (laughs) People don't get the nausea like they used to with those old prep regimens. And here's probably the most important part. I was fully expecting not to get any sleep that night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the honest truth was this was very comfortable, very predictable. And I was able to sleep basically from, uh, well, pretty much all night. I was able to get about six or seven hours of sleep. And it's a split dose prep. So what happens is you do half of it the night before mm-hmm. you get up the next morning and you take those tablets again. Um, and then you're good to go. And, uh, I really would say that, uh, it was much milder than I expected. And I would tell people to definitely ask for, if they're given the option to ask for the tablet or pill based prep instead of that large volume of liquid like we used to use.
0: It's been a few years since I had my colonoscopy done, but as I recall, isn't there, you were talking about that solution, uh, typically it's blue, right? Is uh, Am I recalling that correctly?
1: Well, I'm not sure what all the colors would be, but it's it's basically a mixture of different electrolyte salts. Okay. So it's basically almost like drinking seawater, mm, and sometimes yeah. they like to flavor it up with a little hint of lemon or something like that, but... You know i've had patients complain to me about that for years and so i was fully expecting to have to go through that myself and i was glad to find out that they had a uh, a tablet version where again you just swallow the pills follow it down with some water go to sleep wake up the next day do the same thing and you're all ready to go
0: All right, so we're going to get some in-depth analysis of Dr. Brian Forrest's colonoscopy (laughs) straight ahead. I know you won't want to miss a minute of it. That's coming up right here on Access Health Radio. We're talking colonoscopies today, and really, I think it's a more fun topic than you might imagine. And it is going to be informative with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us today on Access Health Radio. Uh, But first, time for our Access Health Tip of the Week.
1: You know, there are multiple ways to screen for colon cancer, including some stool sample tests, some blood tests, an option called sigmoidoscopy or flexible sigmoidoscopy, and then also colonoscopy. And all of the methods that are not a colonoscopy can be less expensive. Uh, But if you have a positive test, then the very next thing you have to do is go and get a colonoscopy. Um, So if anything happens, you end up getting one of those anyway. Uh, Colonoscopies can also identify pre-cancers and catch them in the polyp form and remove them before they become cancers. And that's really a weakness of the non-colonoscopy methods. Uh, sigmoidoscopy is sort of like a colonoscopy, but it only looks at the very first bottom section of the colon. And because of that, it can actually miss two thirds of your colon. Um, So when it comes to colon cancer prevention, colonoscopy really is the best way to go for most people.
0: I can already tell Dr. Forrest, this is going to be one of those topics that a large portion of our listening audience is going to be interested in. They're going to have some uh, follow-up questions, I'm sure. Uh, how can they go about getting in touch with you if they do have a question or finding out more about your practice uh, there in Apex? Uh,
1: if they have you know, non-urgent questions, they can always send those to uh, accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And a lot of times we'll answer those questions you know on a future mailbag show. Um, but especially today, like you mentioned, people may have questions about the procedure, uh, they may have questions, uh, you know, even about local people that that provide the procedure. Um, and they can send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com and we'll answer that uh, on the show or possibly even by email for them. If they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or they can give us a call at 919-363-0190. Again, it's 919-363-0190. And if they miss part of the show or they have a family member or friend that they want to hear uh, the show that we did today, they can always listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com or they can also download it on their phone uh, from Apple Podcast, because uh, we're d- downloaded on Apple Podcast as well every week.
0: And we're downloaded a lot, actually. I mean, the, the podcast has really taken off, so it's becoming a very, very popular way of listening to Access Health Radio. So uh, back to your procedure, which you just recently had done, uh, any any pain associated with that and uh, I know with mine I I had to be put to sleep for it do do they still do that
1: well you know most people do not experience any pain with the procedure and for most people the worst issue if they are gonna have anything are just some mild gas pains afterwards Uh, I have to be honest Mike I had no pain I had no soreness uh, at all after the procedure um and then in terms of anesthesia there are multiple ways this can be done but you know i went with something called propofol sedation um and i was completely out for the procedure uh but i also woke up immediately after it with almost no grogginess and no side effects i didn't have any nausea i just felt like my normal self in fact immediately after uh i got up out of the recovery room me and my wife went to lunch and, uh, you know, I had a, a big lunch because I was hungry. I hadn't eaten the day before. And so I was ready to, th- to throw some food down. So um, there's also, there are some people that go under general anesthesia, and that's a riskier type of anesthesia because it requires you to be intubated and be on a ventilator, whereas the type I had, the propofol sedation, does not require that. And then... Longer ago, maybe 15 years or more ago, a lot of people used IV opioids and really strong sedatives uh, during people's colonoscopies. But two things. Number one, it was less predictable at getting people to sleep. So sometimes people would wake up during their procedure, and that's obviously not good You know, to wake up and not know what's going on during during a procedure.
0: Especially and, that
1: one. Yes, and yeah. also uh, those IV opiates and sedatives can have some lingering effects long after the procedure, and a lot of times people will get nausea with that. So um, I really think, based on my experience, as long as you know, you have to make sure the anesthesiologist thinks you're appropriate for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if they think you are, that propofol sedation is absolutely terrific. I remember uh, watching my own IV, you know, I was kind of micromanaging things as, as physicians (laughs) will sometimes do. And, uh, I saw, saw the solution go into my IV and I'm like, uh, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And when I said working, that was the last thing I remembered (laughs) until I was in recovery. So, uh, so anyway, it was, it was great. I, I do, I I'll go ahead and give a shout out, uh, because they did such a great job. So uh, you know, I had this done with uh, Dr. Seth Kaplan, uh, and it was over at the Raleigh Endoscopy Center, and they just did a terrific job. I have to give kudos uh, from start to finish. It was very efficient. Uh, I was very comfortable and uh, just can't give them enough kudos for the job they did over there.
0: Well, I'm not sure what kind of sedation I was uh, under, but apparently uh, I'm told that I said some interesting things when I was coming out from under that, and uh, I won't. I won't get into that, but apparently I was. Uh, I was very, very happy to see my wife. Uh, so, yeah. so colonoscopies, how do they actually go about helping folks prevent colon cancer?
1: Well, you know, first one of the advantages is that um, to colonoscopy is that you can see everything, not just cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means the physician can look at the overall health of your colon, things like diverticular disease. Diverticular disease are these little pockets people get in their colon. Sometimes they can lead to diverticulitis. Uh, but with a colonoscopy, they also can look for inflammation. Uh, they can see things like you know, inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, they can see polyps. So you just get a lot more information than you do from some of the other screening tests. Um, second, if they do see growths, uh, sometimes called polyps, they can remove those immediately right during the procedure and send those off to pathology to make sure they're not precancerous or cancerous. In my case, they did find some polyps, uh, they were not cancerous, but here's the thing. That's exactly why you do this test because let's say I had decided to push off my colonoscopy for five years. In five years, those small precancerous growths might have become a colon cancer. Um, So, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, if these are found, um, the frequency of the colonoscopy gets increased instead of every 10 years. So I'm actually going to go back in three years and I have them check on this again. Um, But with this type of screening and this is really important, you can prevent about 90 percent of colon cancers if you're doing this with colonoscopy on a regular basis.
0: And that's exactly why they say that knowledge is power. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. In this case, very good power. Straight ahead, we're going to find out how much does a colonoscopy cost and does insurance cover it? That's straight ahead on Access Health Radio. With Dr. Brian Forrest, I am Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. We are talking colonoscopies today and. Uh, reflecting on Dr. Forrest's recent colonoscopy. Now, one thing I know uh, folks are going to be wondering about Dr. Forrest is how much does a colonoscopy cost and will my insurance cover it? What do you say?
1: Well, almost every insurance will cover the cost of a screening colonoscopy. Now, screening means that you're going to do the procedure to look for for something that might or might not be there. So, screening doesn't mean you've had a problem uh, and they're going to look at that. Um, so generally, all insurances or most insurances will cover um, the cost of a screening colonoscopy. However, if it's what we call a secondary colonoscopy, meaning it's done for a reason, maybe it's done because there were polyps earlier, maybe it's done because somebody had some bleeding or other symptoms, um, then the they, you might have a higher co-insurance or co-pay for that because it's not considered a screening procedure or preventive procedure at that point, it's considered diagnostic. So that's important to know. Um, But if somebody's paying cash uh, for this, if they don't have insurance, uh, then the cost can range I've seen from about $1,100 to up over $3,500. Part of that's dependent on how many biopsies need to be taken uh, during the procedure. you know, one of the reasons that we refer folks to the same place that I went is that they uh, have tended to make it more affordable for people that didn't have insurance. Uh, but generally, it is well covered. And you know, like I tell people, if it's something you're only going to do every ten years, um, you know, you can save you can save pennies in a penny jar and pay for this. Uh, it's worth preventing ninety percent of colon cancers.
0: And, and just to make sure, I understand too, this is not the sort of thing that can be done. During an office visit, you have to make a special uh, visit to a place like you said the, the endoscopy center. Is that
1: right? That's correct, Mike. Because um, you know there's another procedure, of flexible sigmoidoscopy, that used to be done in the office, but that only goes up the first third of the colon. When you're doing a full colonoscopy, uh, you really need to be a place where they can give you this more significant anesthesia uh, like the, the Dipper van that I had or propofol sedation, uh, also where, you know, if there is an emergency, you know, if they do need to put you on a ventilator, if something happens that they've got the facilities and equipment there to handle that. So you're not typically going to do a colonoscopy, you know, uh, just in a regular office, uh, visit or that kind of thing.
0: Gotcha. Time now for Dr. Brian Forrest's
1: access health trivia of the week. (laughs) Well, it will come as no surprise this week that the trivia is about uh, colon cancer. Colon cancer is actually the second most common cause of cancer-related deaths in the United States, with over fifty-one thousand deaths per year. Uh, so, the toll that colon cancer takes on folks is not—it's uh, not insignificant. Um, so, it's really important that uh, you know you do the screening. Um, with it being something that causes that much death every year.
0: And and really, how often would you say folks typically need to get a colonoscopy, Dr. Forrest?
1: Well, if somebody's low risk, if they you know have never had a problem, don't have a family history, what's recommended right now is starting at age 45 and every 10 years thereafter uh, that they get that through age 65. Uh, So best case scenario, they might have one at 45, 55, and 65, and that would be three colonoscopies, and they'd be done.
0: All right. What are some other keys that you'd like folks to take away from today's show?
1: Well, first, uh, most colon cancers can be prevented with good screening. Um, So make sure that uh, you have that done. Second, the procedure is not as bad as it used to be. The uh, laxative prep with pills doesn't have bad taste. It can allow you to sleep through the night and is very comfortable and predictable. And anesthesia with diprivan will be the best choice for most people and gives low side effects. And lastly, colon cancer screening saves lives. So if this is something you've been putting off, uh, even like I was, go ahead and get it scheduled if you're due for one.
0: Sounds like good advice, Dr. Forrest. That's all the time we have for this week.
1: Well, our scripture this week is similar to what we had on a recent show, but it just made sense today. It's from Matthew fifteen seventeen. Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? Thank you for listening to the Access Health Radio Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health. November 11th is Veterans Day, a day our nation honors those who have served in the military. We're committed to supporting veterans in their journey from active duty to civilian life. Thanks to their dedication and determination, military veterans are an excellent fit for careers in agriculture, and the number of programs to help them enter the field is growing. Please join Syngenta in recognizing our veteran men and women, thanking them for their service to our country, and encouraging them to consider agriculture as the next step in their career.